I'm Elizabeth. I'm Natalie. And this is Simplicity Beckons Podcast. Listen in as we pursue living intentionally by editing out the things that distract, inhibit, or diminish the very best things in this life. Because we believe in redeeming the beauty of every day and discovering the joy that can be found when you narrow your focus to what really matters. Join the conversation. Because Simplicity Beckons. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Simplicity Beckons Podcast. We have had a really, really great month as we've launched our Your Story Matters campaign. It's been going so great. It's been so exciting to see all of the stories that we have received via our submissions on our website, and then also just the different interviews we've been able to have and some just fun content we have lined up for the next coming months. It's just been really encouraging to see how people are so eager to share their stories and to hear other people's stories. It's been a really encouraging thing for us to see and just sort of an idea that has sparked something kind of cool. So this week we have decided to take just a short break from the Your Story Matters and talk about the topic of Halloween since it's going to hit this weekend. I can't believe we're already at the end of October. But before we do that, I'm going to read a review that a very kind person left um, on iTunes. And this one is from Hunter9076. And it says, very insightful and thought-provoking. As someone who has been intrigued by minimalism for a while, I love how this podcast is willing to take a look deeper than things and tasks in an attempt to help us all have less clutter in our spiritual lives. So encouraging. That's so nice. I love that you can read these reviews. You know that you have an option to leave a review. And I know both of us have been just super encouraged getting to read through them and just kind of hear how this podcast has been impacting other people and how they're joining in the conversation as well. Yeah, it's very encouraging because podcasting is so often from the standpoint of the person producing them, it can feel very one-sided. Right. So it's always encouraging to have a little bit of feedback and the more that the show gets rated and reviewed, um, the easier it is for people to find it that are just, you know, kind of cruising around looking for something new to listen to. So if you wouldn't mind just taking a couple minutes and jumping on iTunes and giving it a five-star rating and maybe just a little quick review about, you know, something that's been helpful, uh, we would sure love to hear from you. All right. So Halloween, I know I have a very excited three-year-old who cannot wait for Halloween this year, but I have to say um, how much I love each year seeing your Halloween costumes for your kids. You are one of the people that I feel like you like have to go find your Instagram and look at all the pictures because you just have really creative, super cool, neat Halloween costumes every year. And you should just share some of the costumes you've done in the past for your kids. Well, thank you. That's super sweet. I will say that my husband asks me every couple months to text him a picture of one of them because he's telling, he's telling somebody about it and trying to get them to understand. So we will share, I'll share some pictures on the show notes if you're curious. Um, and then I think we'll also probably take the opportunity to post some of them on Instagram this coming week. Um, just kind of as we're, we're gearing up for the holiday. But um, my son has always 
liked and been interested in things that are a little bit kind of, I guess, offbeat. Like from the time he was very little, he really has loved ceiling fans, which is really random. And while that was never one of his um, costume choices, thank goodness, because I don't know how I would have pulled that off. Um, picturing fans sticking out of him everywhere. If he had asked for that, I probably would have tried to tackle it. But um, it's been an interesting challenge to kind of take his ideas and, you know, try to come up with something that's workable. It's probably three, oh goodness, probably three years ago. He wanted to be a door for Halloween. And he was the cutest door out there. (laughs) I still remember the door costume. It's so cute. I will say, I will say it was pretty cute. But I mean, he's really what made it cute. But yeah, um, my dad always made Halloween really special for us and did kind of big, elaborate, very kind of homemade costumes. Um, So I think I've sort of followed in his footsteps with that. And I went to Hobby Lobby and got some foam core and some paint and some little, like those little knobs that you can buy there. I guess they're really like drawer pulls or whatever. Right. But hey, it makes a great miniature door knob, you know? And um, I cut up a Trader Joe's bag and painted it with metallic gold paint, the handle to make it look like the door knocker. I how you did that. Okay. Yeah. Just, I mean, I honestly, I kind of threw it together semi last minute. I've been thinking about it for a while though and kind of strategizing. So that was a fun one that he came up with. And then... The next year, I think he wanted to be a Christmas tree. Adorable. So very similar. We went to um, Walmart and got foam core and kind of made the shape of the tree. And then I got a bunch of garlands and cut those up, like the the faux garlands. And um, you know how they have those little twinkle lights now? that yes. They're like battery powered. Battery, yes. So easy. I just kind of threaded that through it and then attached the little battery powered pack thing to the back so he was able to light up and um and then last year he wanted to be a clock because he also really really likes clocks so that was just once again good old foam core i just cut it out and um painted on it and then we made his little nose like the 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 arms of the clock so yeah it was was fun and cute the cutest and one thing i admire so much is you let your children pick what they want to be and you just go with it, like a door, you know, like I'm sure some moms would be like, uh, no, you can't be a door. Let's think of something else that's either easy and I can buy or, you know, it's just convenient and we have around the house. But I love that you let their interest, you know, lead it. And then you just jump on and you just say, hey, let's do it. And you like dive in. Has there been one costume that's been like really challenging or hard that you just wanted to like throw your hands up? And I think the door was challenging. But it kind of gave me kind of problem solving that one made the other ones easier. Hmm. And I'll tell you, foam core can do so much. Like foam core is very, it's easy to paint on. Um, Acrylic paint is easy. So, I mean, I think for anything kind of unusual like that, foam core is good because it's it's very versatile, but it's also lightweight. I will say one thing that made those costumes kind of tricky was that they weren't very wearable for like, you know, wearing to school or sure. Like sitting down. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But I mean, that was kind of one of those things he had to just, that was one of the sacrifices he had to make for his choices, (laughs) you know, because if you're going to be a door, you're probably not going to be wearing the costume to school all day. Bendable door. (laughs) It's going to be a little, little challenging, but yeah, it's, it's been fun. So this year he actually decided that he wanted to be Charlie Brown. 
So oh, sweet. That was a super easy one compared to past years. So yeah, he there. Uh, he's probably getting to the age now where he's gonna make some different choices. But yeah, right. Oh, I wish you would have gone with the ceiling fan. I'm sure you would have found a way to pull that off. <laughs> Who knows? He might. He might decide to do that some year. But this year, we actually are having a very interesting and different Halloween than we were even planning um, because we are officially quarantined to our house for the next yes. two weeks. So, And I think a lot of people are running into that. You yeah. know, they're either with school going on and, you know, church has been ramping up and just as people are doing more, you are seeing more and more families having to quarantine. Yeah. And so it's challenging because you're having to kind of go on the fly of, you know, changing all of your plans. So have you guys even had time to figure out what you'll do or if you'll try to have some kind of backup plan for your kids? Well, I had already gotten their costumes pretty much lined up. So we'll probably, well, we will still do that. We'll let them dress up and then, I mean, we'll probably just take pictures Right, kind of do some sort of a Halloween type thing at home, you know, watch a yeah. movie and pop popcorn, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think a lot of families are doing that this year. They're choosing, you know, even if they're not in quarantine, just to stay home, do something low key at home, um, and kind of make it a fun family night instead of being out and about in the community and the neighborhood itself. Yeah, I mean, I think in some places it's even like they have ordinances against they do. trick or treating. Yes. Yeah. It's going to look very different. So a couple of ideas that I had as far as like ways to simplify Halloween don't necessarily apply to this year because of all the things we've been talking about. But um, I know in the past, especially since my kids are younger, instead of having like hours and hours of traipsing across the neighborhood, trying to keep kids happy and Mm. all of that. um, One thing that we've done is we have either gone to like a church sponsored festival event type thing that's just kind of like a one-stop type thing where they can just go and see their friends and get candy um kind of like a one and done so we've either done that or we have made special trips to visit family and oh nice when you're when you're little you can make three stops to visit like a close friend and your grandparents and your you know your cousins and you feel like you've done halloween you know you can go trick-or-treating in quotes just with a few stops. So that's a couple ways that we've made it kind of just logistically easier, especially with kids being little. Yeah, we have for quite a few years now just kind of embraced Halloween as a chance to hang out with our friends and just kind of meet our neighbors. And so often we'll end up just doing a bonfire in our driveway and we'll grab you know, s'more stuff for just our close friends. And then any of our friends coming over, we tell them, hey, just bring a bag of candy. And so then as neighbors walk by, we can just pass out candy. And then we do a similar thing of just stopping at a few houses nearby or special neighbors that I know have put something together. And then that way it more feels like a night that we can just be home and get to, you know, talk with neighbors and still interact because we still want that presence of being able to be out there and in the community and meeting people. But then it also removes some of that tension or just, you know, the hard distractions of, like you said, kind of running through the neighborhood after children and just getting wrapped up in the go, go, go of trick or treating door to door. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, I guess there's always the safety 
element mm. you want to keep in mind with that too, as far as like, you don't know, <laughs> you right. know what you're getting from whose house and all that. So I think there are some really good options now to kind of streamline it, make it safer and just easier on particularly parents with young children. I don't know what Halloween looks like with older children because I haven't, I haven't crossed right. that bridge yet, but I know with, with younger children, a little bit of intentional effort can really make the experience for them. And it doesn't have to be this long, drawn-out escapade. I saw this year, um, especially with COVID going on, and people are just, they're trying to get creative because they know, you know, kids are still wanting to do something, but it, it is going to look very different this year. So they did what she called was a pirate pumpkin pursuit. And it was a family that lived on a little bit more land than just like a neighborhood. Like they had kind of private property. And they set up like a treasure map and like a scavenger hunt through their property with little pre-made goodie bags already made. And so mm -hmm. the kids could do it with their parents. You know, you would walk through it together as a family and do this little like pirate pumpkin pursuit. And then you still felt like you had something fun to do and kind of get out and about, but it wasn't necessarily trick-or-treating. That is fun. That, that's a great idea. And I mean, I think having a lot of property would be the ideal for that. Um, but hey, I mean, you could do it in your house if your kids are, are little enough, you know. Right. Any sort of organized activity, I mean, little kids just eat that up. And then that way you're not getting like loads and loads of candy that you're having to like ration out or end up throwing out or, you know, whatever. Totally. And it's just interesting because I feel like like talking about it right now, it feels like the opposite of something that's simplistic. Like it does take effort and it does take intentionality right. and it does take planning. But then on the flip side, once you've done some of that groundwork, it really does make the night simple and straightforward because you know what you're doing as a family. Mm -hmm. It's already prepared. And then that way you could just kind of be in the moment and enjoy yeah. it together. Oh, I love that. So kind of circling back to what we were talking about, just like simplifying costumes, something that I've done with particularly my daughter, especially when she was young enough to not really have an opinion as to what her costume was going to be, is I would try to plan her costumes and purchase them with clothes that were reusable and wearable. Um, love that. So that way there wasn't a whole bunch of expense going into a costume that was worn like once. An example of that would be uh, a couple of years ago, she was Little Red Riding Hood and I bought like a little, a cute little um, button down cotton dress that she wore underneath her cape that fit the costume, but then it was also like a dress that she could wear to church and did for a long, long time. And then we bought, you know, tights and boots and it fit the costume, but it also fit, um, you know, just something that she can really wear and get a lot of use out of. And then I think with Pinterest, um, sorry, with Etsy, you know, you can research different kinds of costumes. Like, for instance, this year she wants to be Rapunzel. And instead of buying one that looks very much like, you know, a costume, you can get some that look a little more wearable, like something mm. that she could wear to school. Um, and I've done that a couple times with just kind of, kind of researching and just kind of being a little more picky about what I buy so that it's right. more usable. Because right. I don't know, we've always been on a pretty tight budget. And I don't mind investing in something a little bit more if it's something that we can get a lot of use out of. Definitely. Yeah, this year, most of my son's costume came from the Dollar Tree. 
I just went to the dollar store and I was able to kind of piece together. He has been like dead set on being an angel for Halloween. And I don't know where he got it from, but he was, he's just really excited to be an angel. So it took me being a little bit creative because I didn't want him just in like a white sheet with like a tinsel halo. (laughs) Like that Mm -hmm. felt a little too, too girly for him, I guess. I don't Uh know. So instead, we went to the dollar store and I got armor, just like the play toy, like um, breastplate, yeah, and then shield, and then a sword, and then a pair of wings that I'm just going to hot glue some feathers on, so that way it's not like glitter wings. <laughs> then he got just like a plain black hairband as like his halo almost like a ninja band. And he's so excited about it. And it probably cost me, I don't know, under $10. You know, like it was not much money to kind of piece it together thanks to the dollar store. But I think like you said, it's just, you have to be a little bit intentional and kind of give yourself a limit of what you want to spend. But I think with resources out there, you really can do fun Halloween costumes on a budget. That's a really great point. Yeah, because between places like Goodwill and the dollar store, and Amazon and Etsy. I mean, I feel like with that combination of things, you can probably find pretty close to what you're looking for and probably pretty close to whatever kind of budget you have set in place. Yeah. So I know something that comes up a lot this time of year, particularly um, within you know Christian community, is how do you strike a balance with letting your kids take part in Halloween but not kind of buy into, I don't know, the, the dark and the scary and that aspect of it. Do you, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Like how you kind of handle that? Yeah, I know a lot of families do struggle with finding that balance. For us, it's been a little easier because Graham is so young. Like you said, I think mm-hmm. as you get your children grow up and they become older, you do run into some more of that tension later on. Uh But I know right now we have always just embraced it as it's more of a holiday to connect with your community. And Mm. it's more about relationship and like you have a fun reason to dress up and, you know, your friends are dressing up and you all get to go together and be together and do something. And finding it centered more on community instead of necessarily some of the darker aspects that right i know a lot of people you know will kind of celebrate and glorify instead so community has been a big one and then we also love carving pumpkins and just like Uh doing pumpkin seeds and we always will do one super fun night as a family just us here kind of low-key doing all the fun fall things and i think halloween's a great chance for families, especially Christian families, to talk about things like the harvest and God Mm. providing and what happens during this time of year with autumn and, you know, some of the changes that go on and kind of using that as a way to teach those lessons to your family Mm -hmm. and still have fun and kind of partake in some of the fun Halloween aspects. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. And my stance on a lot of that stuff has been 
I like how you said it's an opportunity to talk about things. And I think if, as our kids get older, if it can be an opportunity for us to have conversations with them about what part of it we're embracing and what part of it we're not. Right. I think it's better to have those conversations than to just say, no, we don't take part in this. We don't believe in this. I think that with all sorts, with all kinds of make-believe things, we have an opportunity to let our kids think creatively and have imagination and play and all of that. And it gives us opportunities to have conversations about, you know, what's real, what isn't, um, and what we actually believe in. So I think that that balance comes into play just as your kids get older and their understanding of things kind of expands. And I think it's just, it's an opportunity to have conversations and to not just shut it down and say, no, we don't celebrate this. We don't partake in this. I do know there are some families that take that stance on it, you know, and it's helping your children learn to respect that everyone's going to celebrate this different. And here's why we do maybe what we do when it comes to Halloween. Yeah. Teaching your kids that they need to be respectful of other people's choices and not to make someone feel bad or different because their family takes a different stance on it. I think that's a really good point. Like we need to be able to have those conversations too. Like not everyone's going to, going to think about this the way that we do, but, um, teaching them how to handle that gracefully, I think is important. There's something I wrote for an Instagram post a couple, actually it's been a couple years ago now that I think kind of encompasses my feeling about that. And if you're good with it, I was just going to read it really quick. So this is what I wrote. I said, I've honestly never been a huge fan of Halloween because my heart belongs to Christmas and dark and scary just isn't my thing. I was always very ready to cross it off the calendar and gear up for the holidays. However, since becoming a mom, I've gained a new appreciation for it because one, dressing up your kids is beyond fun. Two, watching them feel special and pretty or handsome or cool is heart melting. And three, I believe that costumes inspire creativity and pretend, which is kind of the best part of being a kid. So we'll leave the werewolves and vampires, but embrace crunchy leaves, October smell on the air and costumes. And yes, a little candy. Oh, I love it. And that, I mean, that just beautifully summarizes, I think, where both of us are at with this season and just with the stage of life we're in with our, you know, having really little children. And I just love hearing that. That's beautiful. Thank you. And one more kind of resource that I wanted to share that I think kind of plays into all this is there's a book by Jim Ware. And it is called The God of the Fairy Tale, Finding Truth in the Land of Make-Believe. And this is a really, really special book. I actually haven't read it in a while, but when I was kind of taking a minute to think about this topic, um, it came to mind because I think it's just a really good way to kind of frame how we can pull truth from make-believe stories and, you know, things that aren't biblical. He kind of walks through different fairy tales. Like I think he walks through Beauty and the Beast and I think Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, like some of those, you know, very common, common fairy tales that, you know, our kids will be familiar with, but it kind of, he ties in scripture and kind of brings them back to, you know, the truth that can be found in them. That's great. I'm going to have to look for that one. I love, 
that so often as we're talking, I feel like we always come back to different books that have like made an impact for us. And it's just neat to see as we continue these conversations, there are so many great resources out there that deal with such a variety of topics, but they've been so influential on shaping kind of what we think about different things. Yeah. A hundred percent. All right. Well, that is all that I have. Yes. I actually have today <laughs> on my to-do list that I need to go glue those wings on <laughs> the feathers yeah. and start assembling because my goodness, it crept up so, so quickly. It has. It's crazy. It's been like the weirdest, longest, shortest, weirdest year. Year, right? <laughs> yeah. So we just want to wish everyone a really happy quarantine, Halloween, whatever that yeah. looks like for you. Just hope that you can find opportunities to be intentional. Scale things back to as simple as you can so that you can really be present and enjoy your family because that's what's most important. <laughs>